Welcome everyone, I am Michael, your host for Antediluvian Revelations, a poetic retelling of the book of Enoch the prophet. This is the third segment for the summary discussion of part two. The first example of ancient editorialization. In the Urantia book, Melchizedek is a high priest and the main source of the book's theological argument. The unknown author of the New Testament letter to the Hebrews claimed that Jesus Christ was a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Moses wrote that Melchizedek was the king of Salem, which is now known as Jerusalem. Moses also wrote that Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God. The only other reference in the Old Testament to a person named Melchizedek appearing in the Torah is in Psalms 110, and it is the only psalm attributed to David that mentions Melchizedek. The pagans who editorialized the text of the New Testament added references to Psalm 110 in three of the four testimonial texts commonly known as the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew 22, 41-46, Mark 12, 35-37, and Luke 20, 41-44. Other than the science fiction novel titled The Urantia Book, there are four more texts referring to Melchizedek apart from the canonized Holy Bible, and two of those four are in different scrolls found among the scroll fragments of the Dead Sea Scrolls. The other two texts containing references to Melchizedek are the Slavonic Book of Enoch and the Book of Mormon. The first significantly verified reference to a persona named Melchizedek outside of the canonized Holy Bible is the archaeological discovery of the Dead Sea Scrolls. The story in Genesis chapter 14 verse 18 appears in the Dead Sea Scroll titled the Genesis Apocryphon. The existence of this document predates the inclusion of Melchizedek in the canonized text of Genesis by virtue of scientific analysis that approximates the scroll materials to have originated 100 years prior to the advent of Christ. A comparison of the translated text reveals serious discrepancies appearing within the specific details of the event occurring between the king of Sodom, Abraham, and the king of Salem. The canonized text states, Quote, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him, saying, Blessed be Abraham to God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. End quote. The description in the canonized text linguistically suggests that Melchizedek brought out bread and wine as a precursor to blessing Abraham. The text in the canonized Holy Bible is an example of psycholinguistic manipulation, which is a type of curse heretics applied to the text during the revisions of the Torah and during the canonization of the text by heretic Catholics. The punctuation and grammar as quoted above are exactly as they appear in the George Lamza 1968 translation of the ancient eastern text of the Holy Bible from the Aramaic Peshitta manuscript dated to about the 5th century AD. The use of a semicolon to join two independent clauses in the first sentence is a relevantly accurate use of punctuation and complies with applicable modern rules of grammar in the English language. However, the next sentence is completely erroneous in both grammar and punctuation. It is ungrammatical to begin a sentence with a coordinated conjunction without using a comma to separate it from the main clause. The acceptable use of a coordinated conjunction at the beginning of a sentence requires separating it from the main clause with a comma because the coordinated conjunction is being used as a different part of speech when used as an introductory word to a main clause. The use of and at the beginning of a sentence identifies it to be functioning as an adverb having the purpose of being an introductory transition. When used at the beginning of a sentence, coordinated conjunctions such as and, but, and so 
are no longer coordinating conjunctions by grammatical function, and they become the same as conjunctive adverbs by functionality. Using a coordinated conjunction to introduce an independent clause changes the word's function to be the same as a conjunctive adverb. Coordinated conjunctions may be used as an introductory word in this manner, but the usage requires the inclusion of a comma to separate it from the main clause. In terms of functionality, the coordinated conjunction no longer functions as a coordinating conjunction to join two independent clauses when it is being used as an introductory word to a main clause. Its function becomes altered to be the same as a conjunctive adverb modifying the main clause it precedes. The linguistic manipulation which uses one part of a speech to imitate another causes confusion about the connection between what is stated in the first compound sentence joined with a semicolon and its relationship and meaning to the coordinating conjunction that begins the next sentence. In terms of prestidigitation, which refers to magic tricks or sleight of hand, the alterations in the text are psycholinguistic manipulations that use a grammatical faux pas as a sleight of hand trick a type of magic or sorcery employed by the pagan heretics of Catholicism when they translated the text into English without respect to acceptable rules of grammar or style. The result of this intentional error is to cause the confused understanding that Melchizedek, because he was a priest, brought out bread and wine for the purpose of using these items in the insinuated ritualistic blessing of Abraham. Psycholinguistic manipulation occurs as a result of the erroneous use of linguistic components in order to create an intentionally false meaning for the reader or listener who does not make the distinction about how the word AND is no longer functioning as a coordinating conjunction, which has the original purpose to join two related ideas. Instead, the word AND modifies the clause adverbially to indicate when the action takes place in a sequence of actions. The action of blessing Abraham occurs after the provision of food and drink, as described in the previous sentence. And the action of bringing out food and drink is not combined with the action of blessing Abraham. The psycholinguistic manipulation has the purpose of implying that Melchizedek used wine and bread to bless Abraham, which is the underlying psycholinguistic power that enables the curse of confusion that heretics editorialize into the text during the revisionary Second Temple period. Proof of this intentional alteration may be verified by examination of the same passage from the Dead Sea Scrolls as translated by a modern scholar who did not alter the text by applying a curse. While he might have been a Catholic, Florentino Garcia Martinez, 1994, was not a heretic who had the purpose of intentionally designing psycholinguistic curses into the text of the Dead Sea Scroll translations. The translation of this same passage appearing in the Genesis Apocryphon from the Dead Sea Scroll says, quote, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out food and drink for Abraham and for all of the men there with him. He was a priest of the Most High God. He blessed Abraham and said, Blessed be Abraham by the Most High God, Lord of heaven and earth, end quote. There is no psycholinguistic manipulation in the Dead Sea Scroll translation that insinuates Melchizedek brought out bread and wine specifically for the purpose of conducting a ritualistic blessing of Abraham. The punctuation clearly does not combine clauses or use a coordinating conjunction for the purpose of causing confusion. There is no correlation between the food and drink and any type of ritualistic blessing being performed by a priest. 
Because heretics altered the information from the original text as it appeared in the Dead Sea Scrolls, the use of bread and wine in a ritualistic blessing by a priest has become a sacrament in the fraudulent theology of Catholicism. The transition clearly states that the king of Salem brought out food and drink to Abraham and his men. And there is no specification about bread and wine. It is not appropriate nor valid to propose an assumption that the fiddles presented to Abraham and his men who were with him was bread and wine, when these things could easily have been cheese, dates, water, or goat's milk. It is not likely that roast pork was on the menu, but pagans have tried to insist that Jews herded swine in the testimonies of the fraudulent text of the New Testament. The representation of using wine and bread to symbolize the consumption of human flesh and blood has become a symbolic covenant between the false Christ and his disciples, as portrayed by heretics in the fraudulently editorialized New Testament documents. This fraud has been perpetrated by the false prophet of the LDS Church with the inclusion of a similitude of this sacrament in their own ritualistic worship of a false god. And the Book of Mormon includes the fraudulent teaching of this pagan ritual in a variation of what appears in the New Testament testimonies. The person being described in the New Testament as creating this fraudulent ritual was not the true Christ. But it was pagans who inserted these details because they are the Antichrist. According to the deceased biblical scholar, researcher, and former professor emeritus of biblical studies at the University of Notre Dame, Joseph Blenkinsop, 2015, the meeting between Abraham and the king of Sodom that introduces Melchizedek in the Torah was an ed editorialization having the purpose to support Second Temple theological revisions which occurred during the years of Roman conquest in the region of Judea. Blenkinsop's claim is that information about Melchizedek using bread and wine as a sacramental blessing was not in the original Mosaic text existing prior to the Second Temple period. The author agrees and validates the discovery by the presentation of evidence in the preceding discussion. Text in the Genesis Apocryphon tells a different story from what appears in the canonized Holy Bible. The author also claims that additional inclusions of Melchizedek in the Holy Bible are references to a falsified persona, resulting from the fraudulent editorialization of the Old Testament, New Testament, the Slavonic translation of the Book of Enoch, and the Book of Mormon. The proof of this assertion may be found in the Dead Sea Scroll numbered 11Q13, which presents Melchizedek as an angelic being serving as advocate for the fallen angels. Within the translated text of the Genesis Apocryphon, which is 500 years older than the text used for the Lamza translation of the Aramaic Peshitta manuscript and 1,000 years older than the Slavonic Book of Enoch, there is no information to validate the appointment of Melchizedek to the position of Priest of God Most High. The statement about Melchizedek's priesthood is unqualified to be in this passage without the substantiation of how Melchizedek became a Priest of God Most High when Salem was not ruled by Abraham, whose God was Jehovah and God Most High. While the word priest appears in both translations of the Genesis Apocryphon and the canonized text, the translation of the original text into English from the original ancient language followed an accepted lexicon used by modern scholars and translators. However, it may be easily proven that many words in ancient and even modern languages can have multiple meanings. The ancient word appearing in the original text translated as priest may have actually had another meaning. But there is no scholarly research regarding the potential alternate meaning of the original Hebrew word as it appeared in the Dead Sea Scrolls. 
The point is that there may be an alternate translation for the word that has been translated as priest from the original text in the Genesis Apocryphon scroll. The word translated as priest might actually have an alternate meaning not designated in the orthography of the word. Therefore, the translation of the original word in the ancient Hebrew text can reasonably have the potential to be a different word in English than it has been translated to be. Translators of ancient documents will prefer to apply the most commonly acceptable translation for a word based upon recognition of its appearance in an established lexicon. It quickly becomes the habit of translators to avoid further philological study of words appearing in an established lexicon in the absence of any relevant purpose to do so. Reviewing the etymology of the word gospel will reveal how there are potential discrepancies in the translation of ancient texts. The most commonly accepted etymology for the word gospel is that the word comes from the Old English word Godspell, which is a compound of God, which means good, and spellion, which means news. The Old English words for good and God are written and spelled identically in the absence of any grammatical declension. In the text of Beowulf in Old English, the word God appears as both the adjective good and the noun God a total of 89 times. While some modern editions of the Old English transcripts have used capitalization to distinguish the difference between good and God, non-editorialized texts of the original manuscripts will not make this distinction. The translation of the word to mean either good or God is relevant to the context wherein the word appears. The grammar of Old English in the 8th century AD imitated Latin grammar with the spelling of words being altered to indicate their grammatical relationship in the sentence. For example, gode and godis are two different spellings, but one means good and the other means gods. The first variation is the accusative case for the word good, but the second variation is the generative case for the word god. There are several appearances of the word god in Beowulf that are identical, but the translation into modern English will show that they translate as two different words. Sometimes the word God translates as good, and sometimes it translates as God. One example of the word appearing as having two different meanings specifically expressed as such in the same sentence appears in Anglo-Saxon Chronicle A, the Parker Manuscript. For the noted year 595, the text states in Old English, Herr Gregorius Papacende to Britain Augustinum mid well managum municum de godis word engla theoda godspeladon. The author's translation of this text says, In this year, Pope Gregory the Magnificent sent to Britain with many monks the good news of God's words to the people of England. The text presented may be the only occurrence of combining Godus word and Godspeladon in the same sentence. It may be argued that the two are synonymous, but they are not. God's words and good news may seem to refer to the same thing by modern understanding. However, these words did not mean the same thing in the 8th century. The word Godspeladon actually meant good news, but that was not necessarily a reference to what has become known as the Gospels which modern English-speaking theologians will claim are the words of God. The antonym for Godspeladon in Old English was Weaspel, which translates in modern English as tragic news or bad news. It was good news to the people of England that Pope Gregory delivered the words of God to Britain. But the process of linguistic simplification has caused the naming of God's words to be replaced with gospel, 
The widely accepted etymology for the word gospel is that it came from Godspelladon. The original meaning of Godspelladon actually meant good news, but it did not mean the words of God. Godspelladon did not have the same meaning in Old English as it does today when appearing as gospel in modern English, which has been the result of linguistic simplification by associated meaning. The original meaning of the word has changed by its association with Godus word through the process of linguistic simplification. In the 8th century, Godspelladon was not synonymous with Godus word because these two ideas expressed linguistically existed separately and there existed in the language the antonym spell, which is not a synonym for the words of Satan. Today, gospel is synonymous with the word of God, and there are also the terms good news and bad news. Therefore, the more accurate etymology of gospel is not that it has been derived from the cognate Godspelladon, but that it has been derived from an associated meaning between Godspelladon and Godus word. The point made here in this presentation is that a variation in translation of word can actually be caused by linguistic simplification and associated meanings occurring over an extended length of time. The king of Salem was not an ordained priest of the Most High God. At the time, he served as a human version of the angelic persona being identified in this book as Melchizedek. But the king of Salem was a peacemaker whose purpose was to negotiate a peaceful end to the conflict between Abraham and the king of Sodom. For this reason, the author proposes that the original word translated as priest may have also had the associated meaning of peacemaker, which differs from the meaning of ordained priest. An ordained or appointed priest is a minister, teacher, or rabbi of a particular religious faith who has the authority to perform rites and administer sacraments. A peacemaker is a person who often self-appoints to negotiate a reconciliation between adversaries. Abraham and his 318 men had returned to Sodom after liberating Lot and routing the raiding armies of the five kings in the Valley of Siddam. The king of Salem intervened in the continuation of conflict by bringing out food and drink for Abraham and his army as a peace offering because he was a self-appointed peacemaker. As an apparently neutral party not involved in a conflict, the king of Salem negotiated a settlement between Abraham and the king of Sodom, for which Abram gave him a tenth of everything he was awarded in the negotiation. Abraham blessed the king of Salem for his assistance in the peace negotiations by awarding him a tribute. And this action has been the supporting information for the designation of Melchizedek as a priest ordained by Abram much later in time. At the time of the peacemaking negotiation, Melchizedek was not a priest. He was a pacemaker who later received this designation for his actions. There is no clear explanation in the translation of the Genesis Apocryphon or the canonized text to validate the designation of the King of Salem, who seems to have been named Melchizedek, to have been ordained as a priest of God Most High. However, as a peacemaking intermediary, Melchizedek performed the task of peacemaking and brokering an end to the hostilities by proclaiming Abraham's victory was by divine intervention. The proposed alternate meaning of the word appearing in the original text was peacemaker, which also means pacifist, intermediary, and intercessor. A priest is also a pacifist, intermediary, and an intercessory, which explains how the original world had a dual meaning. The man named Melchizedek in the Abraham story was not an ordained minister of God Most High who performed a ritualistic blessing of Abraham with wine and bread, but the king of Salem named Melchizedek was a self-appointed peacemaker who gave food and drink to Abraham and his men as a peace offering while performing the role of intercessory 
mediator in a peace negotiation. The falsification of theological arguments that support the inclusion of bread and wine sacrament have been based upon the psycholinguistic manipulation of the original Mosaic text. Heretical theologians have erroneously used this cursed editorialization in Genesis chapter 14 verse 18 to argue a false conclusion that supports the conduct of a satanic ritual by claiming that Melchizedek was an ordained priest who performed a sacramental blessing of Abraham with wine and bread when he had actually been a neutral party acting as peacemaker to settle the conflict between Abraham and the king of Sodom. The king of Salem was not an ordained priest of God Most High. Melchizedek was a peacemaker for Abraham who later became a prophet of God Most High named Abraham. According to the Dead Sea Scroll, Pesher identified as 11Q13 and a non-biblical text, Melchizedek is the name of the Angel of Peace who serves as an advocate for the fallen watchers on the Day of Atonement. So there is validity for the name as it appears attributed to the King of Salem who was a peacemaker. There are two different entities known as Melchizedek, but no other scholar has ever identified this fact until now. Melchizedek was the name of the King of Salem. And Melchizedek is the name of the Angel of Peace who serves as advocate for the condemned spirits of the Nephilim, the Fallen Watchers, and Satan. According to 11Q13, Melchizedek will plead for the release of the incarcerated angels, but the Pesher also indicates that he will fail because of the case made by the messenger who is the advocate for the plaintiffs and the prosecutorial attorney. Melchizedek will plead for God's mercy and Jesus Christ will plead for God's justice. The two are clearly not the same. Well, that is all for this episode. Be sure to subscribe for notifications of new releases. Thank you for listening. I am Michael.